0: what in God's great earth was I doing? And I, I think it gives me a foretaste of where it says, I believe it's in Second Timothy about the great delusion and falling away. That when that hits, I have a kind of a foretaste of how strong that delusion can be. Because I look back, I think, I cut off my mail chat and tell you? I can't believe I did that
1: for a a medical convention, for example, and there's there are leaders talking about the uh, how much money a doctor or a hospital can bring in through these surgeries and all I mean they are just looking at the numbers baby and they and it is they are raking in the yeah they're raking in the money through children that are confused adults who are confused in the medical field in the pharmaceutical uh, arena in the mental health arena who are just making money hand over fist over these um, these poor kids that are confused and it's this Desire to see this massively growing market for the sake of
0: more and more uh, money. Where in the medical field do you prescribe something that increases suicide, that cuts body parts off? You don't do that. And why? I just, I just want to scream. Why are we doing this? Because it makes no sense.
1: If they have a desire not to do that and they come looking for help, we believe that they ought to be able to find that by in in um, in a supportive talk therapy session with a licensed, uh, well-equipped counselor, or or and or in prayer with a pastor or friend or somebody in the body of Christ. And here we have a whole country that has outlawed that, um, and, and there are plenty of people in the U.S. who would love to outlaw that as well, um, and 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 try to silence the truth that Jesus Christ is still transforming lives today.
0: I mean, I can't undo the bone that was shaved from my face. I can't. Undo the bone they took off here and, and other things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, you can't right. un- un- undo that. And I was- well- Perfectly Would you explain trying. a little bit
1: more about that, Ted? As far I was going to ask, I don't know. Like, I don't know much about like um, uh, facial feminization. So you just mentioned. I assume that there was some shaving of of bone uh, in different parts of the face. Are, are there injections or anything that's done as well? Can you just kind of explain a little bit of of what is done? Oh
0: this is quite a you know, it's quite a broad field. Okay, I mean there are people that literally I know have spent. 100, I, I know if you don't follow your chair, 100 to 150,000 mm-hmm. trying to make their face look more feminine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to give you a couple extremes and I'll tell you what I did. Kay. Sometimes they actually will, you know, cut you from here back, peel your scalp back, your face down, and they literally demolition your forehead and Put it back together with metal plates and mesh and stuff like that um, to make it look more feminine. And there's some people that literally have their jaws sawed in half and it pulled back. I mean, those people that do that, that it just messes them up for life. Mm. You know, a rhinoplasty, which is something you know everyone has heard of. You know, can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, I was not. But didn't been near that. Um, some people just—I'll just, just say—naturally have a face that could go either way. Mine mm-hmm. right? wasn't, but like I had my what they call a brow. I had my face cut back, and they brought they ground down my brow bone. Okay. Threw me back together and did a what's called the scalp vest where they pull your hairline forward. I had cheek implants. Um, again, those are multiple ways to do it. Usually they do it from the inside. I didn't have a, a nose job, but some people do. Mm-hmm. I did have bone ground off here and on the corners and a lower facelift. You know, those things like that. Some people have a, you know, eye lift. Um, you know, you can have your upper lip shortened, have a mm-hmm. lip lift. I mean, there's some people that go to the extent they go to yeah. the dentist and they actually have their teeth shaved down so they're narrower. And I mean, the extreme case of those people that I don't know of anybody I've read about it, they even have their legs shortened.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: I mean, it's just crazy what people do. I mean, when the devil and these delusions get into your mind, it's, I mean, i look back and think. What in God's great earth was mm-hmm. I doing? And I, yep. I think it gives me a foretaste of where it says. I believe it's in Second Timothy about the great delusion and falling mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. That when that hits, I have a kind of a foretaste of how strong that delusion can be. Because I sure. look back, I think, I cut off my mail to mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't believe I did that. Right. It's just insane. But that that's Yeah. I and mean, then I have another another thing is you have your voice chords tightened to give you a higher pitch. Um Adam's apple shaved, that, that.
1: that kind of thing too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of stuff. I mean yeah. it's just Okay. Well, and one of the things that crazy. reminds
1: me of actually is there's a gal who's not a believer, uh who's has done her story on the internet a few times as a detransitioner. And one of the things that I, I remember her talking about in, in realizing that trying to transition to become a guy, uh, she did that for a period of time. She was on testosterone and, and, you know, moving, mm-hmm. moving in that direction and, uh, uh, had a mastectomy and, um, I think she's had bottom surgery as well, a hysterectomy. And, um, and and it's some and finally, what she realized is that after every uh, after every movement toward so called transition she had this high this euphoria when she changed her name it it to to a guy's name there was something that was euphoric about that when people began accepting uh, basically when she was social uh, transitioning and people were affirming that and agreeing with her there was something mm. about that that was very that was euphoric and uh, and then when she had her breast removed there was something about that that was euphoric but she got on testosterone prior to that and and the and what she said is finally she realized that with every Change. There was this high of euphoria, but then um, the the dysphoria would always come back again. And she finally mm-hmm. realized that she was dealing with like the goalpost moved every time, and so she wasn't actually getting better. She was she was achieving something, or it felt like she was achieving something with each with each different thing that she would do, but then it would all come back again. And there was that, there was that uh, intense desire to do something else. And I, when you're describing the, and for her, the lights went on at that point. And she's like, wait a minute, this is, and she, she de-transitioned and re-embraced who she, who she is as as a woman, as a girl. And again, not a believer or any of that, but the, um, uh, but as you're talking about the, uh, you know, doing these different, you've had several, I think, different um, uh, facial feminizations. Five, four, yeah, no, two, two,
0: two on my face, bottom and, and Got top, it. and then the last one was just to remove yep. what I could.
1: Yep, and and right, and so, but when you're describing like the people that are going in for multiple, multiple, multiple uh, facial. Feminizations, for example. And as they're doing that, and it's not, they're going into a dentist to get their teeth, you know, ground and made more narrow because so there's this, this um obsessive uh, need to try to keep improving and moving further and further toward their ultimate goal. And they're spending massive amounts of money. They're there, I think there's so much energy and so much time being uh, you know, lived out in the short space of of a of a human being's lifetime, so much of it is mm-hmm. being spent on this stuff that's so such a distraction right. from the eternal and such a distraction from what's really important. And, and when I say yes. what's really important, I, I, a person who's dealing with gen, uh, with uh, with real uh, gender dysphoria needs both compassion and and help, but not surgery, yeah, not not going under a scalpel, and 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 you know all of that. We need as Christians. To be really um loving and gracious and supportive not of them moving further and further who got away from who god designed them to be but helping sure. them to resolve um mentally spiritually um at a soul level with with how god created them biologically so um I agree. but it's um the other thing that it reminds me of too ted is and i, I wonder if you have anything to kind of add to this that I've seen some things on the internet, and I won't mention the hospital at the moment, but where there's some, some things on the internet that w- w- for a, a medical convention, for example, and there's there are leaders talking about the uh how much money a doctor or a hospital can bring in (laughs) through these surgeries. And all I mean, they are just looking at the numbers, baby. And they and it is they are raking in the yeah. They're raking in the money through children that are confused, adults who are confused. And and when you think about how much money you spent, how much more money so many others are spending, I mean it's it is just to me a, a disgusting um uh Uh, field that is preying on, under the guise of care and safety, and oh, we really want to support the transgender community. It's like, no. And I think there are some who genuinely mean that, that are confused. But then there's others in the medical field, in the pharmaceutical uh, arena, in the mental health arena, who are just (laughs) making money hand over fist, over these um these poor kids that are confused, and it's a this this desire to see this massively growing market for the sake of more and more um money I mean do you have thoughts about that at all
0: yeah yeah I, it this it brought several things to mind first on um, one of the first um podcasts I did the guy mentioned this to me it's like the light went on hmm. It's like, you know, through through my whole life there was a dark, unseen force, which you or I would, you know, identify as demons or spiritual darkness. Yeah. Slowly leading me down this path. It's not like you wake up one day and say, right. Hey, I want to be transgender and cut mm-hmm. my body all up. But it's a step by step by step by step. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if it's transgenderism. Or same sex attraction, or drugs, or alcohol, or pornography, or whatever. Yep. It's just like, you know, the enemy giving me and she'll take a mile. And, yeah. and like you said, um, that, that lady you referred to, it's like you're always thinking, what can I do more? It's kind of like an obsession to me. I, I think of was like tattoos. How many tattoos is enough? Mm hmm. How many cut right. is enough? Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is just my opinion. I think the Bible talks about that and discourages cutting your body for any reason
2: mm-hmm.
0: other than what's like medically necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. just for fun stuff. I, I, I that's just me. I can't speak for other people. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's it's a spiritual thing in it, and there really is, if you do the research. So, You know, in the spiritual world, you know, there are people that deal with cutting themselves. It becomes an obsession. And I think whatever these spirits are behind all this that were in me, that was part of it. I mean, to take Mm -hmm. it to the extreme, you have the recent detransitioner of Oli London. He had like 32 facial operations, you know, Michael Jackson you know, that Dr. finally said you ain't doing this no more.
2: Yeah. I mean, like your just face is going to hold together. Session. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know the the forces of darkness and the the flesh are just never satisfied. So, right. you know, those are things to keep in mind, but going back to the cost for this, and yes, that cost can be 1 to 3 million dollars. To someone they take down this road and the travesty mm. is in most cases in mind when you go to a therapist it's only gender affirming right it's not like you know we have a friend that was healed through conversion therapy when she was young because she had a teacher that took her aside mm. and took her to a uh, you know the school council and they dealt with it right and she's Never went down this road, but she was on her way to transitioning. But, you know, conversion therapy and getting effective counseling, you know, can save a lot of people. And another thing, too, is they're pushing this heavily, heavily on those with autism or Asperger's syndrome. And it just makes it worse. I mean, yeah, right. Where, 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 where in the medical field do you prescribe something that increases suicide? that cuts body parts off you don't do that
1: right why, right
0: i did just i just want to scream why are we doing this mm-hmm. Yep. because it makes no sense but like you said a big Follow motivation, the money i mean we could there's money and as we heard in um bc you know we're getting conditioned to this and the next yes. step on this Trying this transhumanism, yeah.
1: yes, but that's it's spiritual dar- Yeah, spiritual darkness. Follow the money. Uh, yeah, and and just again under the guys. Uh, what that's one of the things that's so frustrating to me is that uh, I think there are some who purport to care about these folks that are dealing with gender dysphoria or people like myself who uh, once locked into the idea that I was gay and that was my identity and that kind of thing. And there are those right. many people that have a genuine compassion, but their compassion is, is not based in truth. certainly not biblical truth. Right. And, um, but there are others I think who are just using uh, the, the LGBTQ plus community uh, to drive an agenda that is um, that has nothing to do with care. So the other thing I want to mention too, there are a couple of things. Um, oh, so when you brought up conversion therapy a minute ago, so I, I and I want to speak to this for those uh, that are listening or watching. Like I don't use the phrase conversion therapy in a positive way simply because uh, the the entire term of conversion therapy has always been, uh, leveled against, um, uh, against <laughs> believers and, and those who, uh, believe in, in God's ability to transform lives and that kind of thing. It It's, it, uh, conversion therapy has always been a negative and pejorative, uh, term. The right. truth is there I apologize. is That's no, 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 no. Right. There's no, yeah, no, it's the, you don't have to apologize at all. I think it's great that you brought it up. I'm glad you did because I want to, I want to be able to address it is that, um, conversion convert there is no such thing as conversion therapy for one thing there's no therapy there's there's no, there, no one goes to school to learn conversion therapy uh, no one uh, comes out with a degree in conversion therapy nobody uh, uh, adds uh, you know adds to their uh, to their repertoire of uh, models of therapy conversion therapy uh, the only thing again that that term terminology uh, was coined for was to be a negative uh, 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 derisive term toward those of us of faith. And so when, now I understand exactly why you're, why you're using it because you're using it in the positive sense. In other words, um, with conversion therapy, what people have done who want to use that against uh, Christians or you know people of faith, and even people who may not be of faith but believe that uh, a person doesn't have to be locked into this idea that they that homosexuality or gender dysphoria or any of those things are immutable that change right, can actually happen. Right, right. That genuine faith in Jesus Christ, genuine pursuit of Him, I believe that is the that is the right path. That's the best best path, that's where real uh, transformation is going to happen. That's ultimately where as transformation happens, like in faith and in walking with Jesus, we are given a new life. We're given a new opportunity to, to be a part of the kingdom. And, um, and so, conversion therapy, though, is this idea that somehow all we think is, oh, you can pray the gay away. You can just say this prayer, you can do this spiritual warfare thing, and all of a sudden, poof, it's all gone. And of course, that is not at all what we're saying. What we would say is, mm-hmm. yes, of course, as believers in Jesus Christ, prayer is a part of anyone's journey yeah. of transformation or walking with God, but they build up conversion therapy is this boogeyman or is this um, horrible uh, behavior that and now, back in the fifties or sixties, I think there were some horrible things that were done uh, to those who were caught, you know, as homosexual men, for example, or, or that kind of thing. And 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 none of us would actually would agree with uh, shameful mm-hmm. or harmful behavior or chemically yeah. castrating a guy that that has same sex attraction or was found sleeping with another guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Th- those those are not things that we would agree with at all. Mm-hmm. But what we when we say that we believe that uh, Jesus has the power to change lives, that's he that's does. called conversion therapy, and we're you know we're regarded as quacks and as um, as ones who want to do harm uh, to those who come to us for help and support. So um, so rather than referring to conversion therapy, I think that that the, the the friend that you mentioned was simply able to receive some some common sense therapy. Let's call it that, right? Mm-hmm. Some common sense. I would uh, agree. Yeah, that's yeah. what she would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and so, um, uh, but I, and I totally again, I'm glad that you brought it up that way because I think that many Christians are getting caught up in this idea. Oh, there's such a thing as conversion therapy, and uh, and and the idea then of ever trying to help somebody who comes to us for assistance as a licensed counselor, as a pastor, as a friend, uh, you know, as a mom or dad or whatever that like, for example, in Canada, the bill up there that was signed into law C4 a couple of years ago, outlaws anyone, anyone, not just a counselor, pastor, anybody from, um, from actually participating in any kind of process that will, um, help somebody break through same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria, you can push them in that direction. So in a sense, conversion therapy happens, but it only happens in the direction of pushing people toward LGBTQ, as opposed to right. if they have a desire to walk in um, in, in, uh, in faith, if they have a desire to, uh, to not... Uh, give into or live out same sex attraction or gender dysphoria or any of anything within the LGBTQ plus acronym. If they have a desire not to do that and they come looking for help, we believe that they ought to be able to find that by in in um, in a supportive talk therapy session with a licensed, uh, well equipped counselor or or and or in prayer with a pastor or friend or somebody in the body of Christ. And here we have a whole country that has outlawed that. Um, and, and there are plenty of people in the U.S. who would love to outlaw that as well um, and 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 try to silence the truth that Jesus Christ is still transforming lives today.
0: Yeah, because what you said, you know, that, that's a home run. And, and see, it really, one of the things I have to investigate a little bit further is, and I just found this recently, we're in D.C., is the root of all this may have been just a fetish. A Mm -hmm. you know arousal from women's clothes for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you know our our friend Walt Heyer you know he he says it's important to get the message out that not always is the quote answer you know transgenderism you know it could be that if I had back in the day been able to go to a a biblical Christian-based counselor and dealt with that I could have saved me a lot of pain and money and as you said the years that locusts ate up. Yep. And you know, we we need to be willing to to deal with that and not just shove everyone, you know, down this crazy conveyor crazy road. But like you said, you Mm -hmm. know, part of mine was demonic deliverance, but that was just the first step. Then the Mm -hmm. other step is, you know, learning to walk who I am in Jesus. You know, um, Neil yep. Anderson has some great, great forces out there called Freedom of Christ that just are so transformational that, you know, you can find local places that teach that on the Internet. Yep. You know, you have a ministry, and there's others that teach the truth that, you know, we we get our minds screwed up, we believe mm-hmm. a lie, and then once we get back in the Word and see who God made us, you know, you unravel all this mess and then you have peace and clarity. Yes. You know, as Jesus says, you have a single eye to him. And, you know, won't say all these temptations go away, but we have the tools in our toolkit to deal with them. Because every, I know you tell me the same thing. Anytime you go down this road, um, whether it be whatever LGBT, it, The payback is very negative. It's not good. There's nothing good about it. Mm -hmm. So affirming it is not the answer. And, you know, that's one of the things I said on a podcast a week ago is that it seems like the church, unfortunately, is ill-equipped to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I always feel like the Lord wants me to tell people that if you're a family member and you have someone that's in the far country, whether it be this or what you went through or just other stuff, there's three things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. One, pray for them. Yep. Pray for them. And number two, never give up. And the third one is love them like crazy with boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I know of one guy that has prayed for 40 years before he came back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. My family paid for me 12 years and my mm-hmm. friends before I came back to the Lord. Yes. And, you know, my sister didn't know what was going to happen when I came on, March 14th, 2021. I didn't either. You just never know when God's going to, you know, open the door and and set you free. Yeah. But then you have to keep walking. You can't stop. It's not just a deliverance. And you have to know the Savior and get involved in a good Bible study, a good church, and people that will love you and mentor you, you know. um, Yeah. We keep growing to Christ, and it's a lifelong thing. You know, again, it doesn't matter what I just said, whether, you know, they're a drug addict, pornography, alcoholic, whatever, you never know when God yeah. is going to change their life. And, you know, the the idea of the 12 steps of, you know, being accountable and all that stuff is so important. Um, so, no, you
2: know, that's, that's good. Just kind
0: of the thing. I want, want to share with them, but pushing mm-hmm. people down the gender affirming is not wrong. I mean, if I just take off my Christian hat and look at it secularly, as a minimum with these people, we need to do balance, you know. For whatever reason, those people like me that were literally hell-bent on going down this road, and you're not going to stop them. But at the same time, if I had been to a council for two years and she had possibly not done just gender affirming, but really digging in and right finding my fetishes and dealing with that. And if that was really what it was, you know, I might be saving myself a lot of pain and agony. Yeah, if you know, could explore,
1: if you could actually explore the idea earlier on of options and and what right. the power of God can do, and um. You know, they, I, I, instead of being now in a situation that we're in these days, we're the only option, more and more, the only option that is being pushed and and now, you know, there's legislation trying to back this up and encroaching further right. and further on on both our rights of, of free speech and freedom of religion and those kinds of things. Um, and and if all all you hear is a positive message on going down this this uh, so-called road of transition and it's celebrated, it's glorious, it's wonderful and anybody that disagrees is you know prudish and and cruel and hateful. you know when that kind of messaging is out there, it's understandable why so many young people and even older uh, uh, adults, are, are feeling like, no, this is my, this is really my only choice. And, and so, and it, but again, it's not by accident. It's not, it's not just by, it's it's not because people are, are, everyone is, is ignorant. It's because there are some driving right. forces that are making, um, both from a demotic perspective as spiritual perspective, as well as a money perspective. Uh, there's oh, yeah. an advantage to getting more and more people as conveyor belt. So I don't want to keep eating that dead horse, but The other thing I want to mention is um, just, you know, ironically a little bit, you brought up uh, Neil Anderson, love his work. And we just did a podcast. Gosh, it would have been um, when we were at the American Association of Christian Counselors Conference, we did about seven podcasts. And one of the guys that we interviewed there is the president of of, uh, Freedom in Christ Ministries uh, USA. And uh, Dan Stude, who had been a friend of mine even prior to him taking on that role, oh, wow. and we love the work of Neil Anderson, and so um, it might be fun. You can even go back and and look up that one and just listen to what Dan shared. He shared really openly and vulnerably, and we you know love that. the um, The other thing I wanted to to come back and and just uh, chat about a little bit. Is you talked about, and so importantly that you weren't the only one affected by this, and obviously oh, you've been gosh. massively affected by this, but your family, your friends—I mean, your family especially, right? It, it I feel oh like gosh, so many times within the LGBT community, and for those of us who come out, uh, it, it, it. When I look back on my coming out, and so, and the, and so many others that I've known. It's like we just put blinders on toward the feelings of everybody else, toward the pain, the process they have to walk through, and all we really care about mm-hmm. is ourselves, you know, and 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 doing what we want to do, and kind of to hell with how they how anybody feels about it, how much it hurts them, damages them, uh, grieves them because they love us. Uh, We don't, we don't really care about that. Or at least that's the case that I've seen. That's a situation I've seen so many times over as well as in my own life. So could you just, you talked about it some for sure, but could you, what do you, what do you want to say to, uh, to family members whose heart is really heavy for aching for their son, their daughter, their brother, their sister, their mom, their dad, their wife, their husband, whatever, who's kind of, who's very much gone off the rails and turned away from what they know to be true. And, and it's just kind of abandoned people. What, what, do you, what do you want to say? What would you want to say to, to folks who are hurting um, over th- decisions like I made and decisions like you made?
0: Well, first I wanna say that I totally agree that going down this road is totally selfish. Hmm. Totally selfish. It's totally the antithesis of what Jesus called to do For he says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to give his life a ransom for many. Mm. So his idea was to serve. And there's nothing but self-serving in this.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And to to give you the case in point is when I transitioned in basically full-time, 100%, 2011, a year later, my dad died. Mm. My sister had never seen me in my new persona, and my dad died in November of 2012, which is you know about 11 years ago. And she said, you know, after I came back to the Lord, that she grieved two deaths, mm. literally two deaths. Right. Her father died, and her brother died. Mm. And she said they both felt the same. Wow. So the point I'm making is that we feel our pain, but as you know, John Dunn says, a man is not an island unto himself. When we forget we're connected. We, I have a brother, a sister. I have five children. I have cousins and friends and people I grew up with. And it just devastated them. Hmm. You know? But of course, like you said, the only thing I could think of was Making Ted Teresa and me being happy um, because I was under the delusion that, you know, oh, do you want a, a live daughter? He was a, you know, really a boy, or do you want a dead child? Mm-hmm. Neither one of those is true. It's just a, a big farce. Yep. But what I would say is one, people do this, as I say, because they have a hole in their soul. Something mm. is not right. Yeah, And in most cases, well, I would say all cases, it's, it's something inside these people. It's not you. It wasn't my mother, it wasn't my dad, my brother, my sister, any of my children. It wasn't my friends. It was just me. I'm the one that has a problem, and I, I did not own the problem and deal with it properly. So first of all, is that please don't shame yourself when you thinking you're doing something wrong, um, especially if it's an adult, like a sibling or a uncle or aunt. Who are you
1: they're speaking they're to when ch- you say that? Uh, don't shame yourself thinking you're, who are you speaking to when you mention that?
0: Well, what I'm saying is if you have a brother or a sister or I would say, an adult son or daughter or nephew that's going down that, don't think it's your fault or your family's fault. It's probably nothing you did wrong. It's Mm -hmm. a a decision they made. Ultimately, we have to stand before God for ourselves, not for someone else. Mm -hmm. However, I do say, in this current environment we live in, sometimes parents have to grow a backbone. And yep. we have to, I'm not saying you got to, but in some cases, I know of parents that have a child that's got this crazy idea, they're transgender, they had to take the cell phone away, they had to pull them out of school and homeschool them. But if that saves the life of your child, you may need to do that. Hmm. Tough love is not fun. Um, Johnny or Susie may scream and yell like a demoniac, but as a parent, that is your right, and you're actually saving their life. As it says in Jude, sometimes you got to snatch them back off the road to hell, but love them with grace and mercy. So, you know, that's kind of the, the idea, I would say. But again, you know, if it's an adult that's doing this, like I was at age 50, Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, pray, never give up, love them like crazy. Yep. That doesn't mean you a farmer. With boundaries, it doesn't mean you call them like my brother and sister called me Tia, not my fake yep. name Teresa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I don't embracing a lie just makes it worse. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say there have been people in the same-sex relationship that wanted to come spend the out at my house. I said, that's fine, right. but you spend it in two different bedrooms. I don't right. recognize this person as your... other than as your friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, there may be boundaries. My sister and brother, I get invited to family functions. So, I mean, the big thing is, is poking them in the eye, and you know the proverbial, you're going to hell. Right, right. It's probably not really effective. No, no. Um, it may be can,
1: effective in pushing them in the opposite direction, but yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. At the same time, you can, you know, kind of give them the same message, it's like I don't agree with you. I don't think that behavior is biblical. But you know, yelling and screaming at them right. is probably not gonna. You know, as I say, you, you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar. Yeah. You know, yep. but it doesn't mean a pansy love and you know, agreeing with them. And, you know, one of the hardest things this younger generation has to figure out, and I had to explain this to my granddaughter, you can love someone and not agree with them. Yes. An example yes. I used to her is when I was growing up, this was in the 60s, 70s, you know, everybody smoked. You know, all, I mean, just about every adult smoke. you know, mm-hmm. on TV, you know, my doctor recommends Lucky Strike cigarettes. <laughs> right. But I hated it. I hated the style of smoke and do to this day never smoked because they cured me of it before it ever got to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, I asked my granddaughter, do you think I hated my parents because I smoked? You no, know, I loved them. I loved them like crazy. And, you know, it's the same thing whether it's, you know lgbtq whatever it may be Mm -hmm. you can love the person but disagree with what they're doing it doesn't mean you don't love them right and that's just an important thing especially the younger generation doesn't understand (laughs) but those are did i kind of hit on what you're yeah. No, I mean that, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think what
1: you're sharing, I mean, I just think
0: you're, you're
1: sharing out of your own experience and out of right. others that you've known and, and your story is so important because you've been there. I mean, you, you've, you've gone through the, the full quote unquote transition and could you have done more? Yeah, you could have, because again, like we said, you can do so much that there, there's no finishing line basically, uh, to no. what this could actually look like, but you realized at some point, no, this is not, uh, you know, this isn't ever going to, similar to the girl I was talking about, in a sense, this isn't going to take me ultimately where I want to go. And and also, I just want to mention, too, I know you talked about like the time that your sister prayed for you uh, and how vital that was. And in the moment, like as she's praying, nothing really seemed to be happening. I mean, you weren't even, you know, you got up and you left and didn't really think that much of it necessarily. And it was as you were going and for whatever reason, your, your dad, having mentioned this sports complex and you decide that day to go, I don't know. I have no idea what that had to do with anything. I don't think you know what that had to do with anything, but here you are driving around this thing. And as you're doing that, oh, you're God. having these manifestations of, of weeping and, and, and feeling like you were getting squeezed to death. And, and that you're, I mean, you're experiencing something that you uh, understand to have been like spiritual darkness, uh, demonic forces Mm -hmm. coming out of you, coming away from you. And, and then some of the evidence of the reality of that is how your mind cleared afterward. And one of the things I just want to mention is, um, is that, you know, when I also came out of the LGBT world and I came to a church, uh, in upstate New York and began, um, I was very serious finally uh, it not just like sticking my toe in the water and, and assessing how everybody felt about me and man I, I'm out of here and I'm you know I, I was so easily offended about everything and anything under the sun as so many of us are and um, and 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 really um, wasn't that serious about, a faith journey or walking with Christ or any of that until this point. And, and, and I decided, I mean, I dove in to this church because they, the pastor knew my struggles and, uh, and said, Hey, if you want to move back here from Chicago where I was living at the time, we'll walk with you. But I got into a small group right away. And then I, I also got into counseling. And one of the, right. one of the types of counseling uh, that this church was known for was spiritual warfare. They also had great discipleship mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Which that's the other, the other piece that I think you 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 talk to you you're speaking about. Rightly is that? Um, well, let me just say it this way. I needed no doubt in my mind. I needed to take authority back over my own life, where I had given authority in in specific areas of my life. Even as a Christian, I had given authority to Satan. I given now I didn't right. I didn't say it that way, but by my behaviors, by my sinful, rebellious, mm-hmm. sexual behaviors, I, yep. Uh, yep. repeatedly, I I set up a stronghold or allowed him to set up a stronghold where he had authority. In and, and several key areas of my life that that I could not um, well, I could have made the right decision in, but I, I believe when a Christian has a stronghold. It isn't that they can't make the right decision, it's that it feels so stinking hard to make the right decision. And and it's like the enemy has kind of a Trojan horse set up in that area and and yeah. has and, and has been given authority by us in that area. So I definitely believe that I needed the the counseling that i received to to rebuke and take authority once again over my own life right. to boot these spirits out to I, i'm not saying i was possessed but the bible didn't even use that language it uses the language of being demonized but i do think i was i was demonized because of my behavior but in addition right. um, and we talked about this before even starting the podcast, but I think this is an important point to make, is it seems to me like um, certain groups within the church, certain denominations tend to uh, have a bent that, oh, it's all about spiritual warfare. Or, you know, it's all about rebuking the demon of homosexuality or whatever. And and honestly, when I hear that, my eyes kind of roll, not because I don't believe that there's demonic forces at work in all kinds of areas of sexual sin and otherwise, I do, but it's because that's not the only issue. There's There are those demonic strongholds that need to be broken in our lives, as you also described and experienced with your sister and afterward, and I experienced too. But then there's also this process of discipleship, like getting into the Word, walking with others, beginning to grow, beginning to mature, continuing that uh, that process of maturation over the long haul. And part of that um, also, I would say, in addition to spiritual warfare and discipleship, I think that one of the things that uh, I didn't learn or wasn't exposed to until much later in life, until like I was 38, 39 years of age, is also um, the reality that most of us are – frankly, I think all of us – are carrying around wounds. Uh, emotional mm-hmm. soul level wounds that we've had no, unless the church has taught us, we've had no idea that the blood of Christ can actually heal and break the power of those wounds as well. And those root wounds are massive drivers in our confusion, in our pursuit of solutions, in our pursuit of yeah. I just want to feel better. And so, if it's looking at porn and masturbating, or it's or it's you know believing that I'm in the wrong body, or I mean whatever that I'm go- or I'm going to turn to food or alcohol the reality is there's wounds that really drive those places so for me i feel like uh, understanding the need for spiritual warfare the the need yes. for discipleship and the need to really deal with these places of wounding when you when you have a more holistic approach of those three core areas i think a church is much more balanced and a person is much more helped by addressing those three core areas than just one of those alone
0: no, I totally agree, and, you know, you couldn't say it, you know, better than, than myself, and I, I agree, you know, and I won't necessarily say that elegantly, but, you know, I, yep. you know, I, I guess another thing I I would say is that, um, that you know, when you, when people are have a, a very dramatic encounter with God that it, or darkness or a, a life changing event. But that trauma, you know, it can be a good trauma or a bad trauma. Mm-hmm. It's just like recently, I just, it's like the Lord said or gave me the idea or whatever, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when we come to these critical junctures, you know, it, it's our response. You know, do we embrace God? Yes. Do we embrace sin? Yes. And when I had these feelings, I didn't know it. I mean, I wish I would have known half a tenth of what I know now. Yep. And, you know, but th- praise God nowadays that if I felt this way now, those ministry like yours and other people that are out there to help people, whereas, you know, 50 years ago, there was nothing.
1: Right. Yeah, when I was wrestling, I didn't, there was nothing. Yeah, yep.
0: Because it just leads me to say one thing, I I I don't want to leave this out. It's so critical for parents to teach their children the truth. Yes. Male, female, and all this other stuff is hogwash. Mm -hmm. It's important for a church to do that. Yep, yep. And we don't hear it. It's important for a church to address this. Yep. I mean, there's a, how there's how a glory the being or... made
1: in the image of God as male or female. There's a glory, there's a, there's a joy, yeah. there's purpose in, in those understandings. And we need to pour that into our children so that when they are exposed to these other uh, lies, frankly, uh, they mm-hmm. have something within them that's like, wait a minute, that doesn't, uh, no, I, kn- I know that my body and my person as a boy or a girl has real meaning uh, and it's not yeah. incidental.
0: Yeah, I mean we could go on forever, and you know, I guess I just say that if any pastors are are listening to this, um, this needs to be addressed. Yep. Because in the near future, there's going to be a big backwash of people coming out of this experiment. Right. Right. And churches are ill-equipped. Um, just a yep. few thoughts that come to my mind is, you know, if Johnny comes to church in a dress. Don't poke him in the eye. Mm. You know, I love that church in Texas that says, come as you are, but don't stay that way.
2: Mm.
0: You know, we need to walk along with these people that are really seeking, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, to embrace them and not in affirming it, but I mean, as far as, you know, working with them, talking to them, being willing to say, hey, we offer this, you know, if you're interested and you well, building know, a relationship to the, start with, right? Right. And then, yep. you know, dealing with the change, you know, mm-hmm. if they come to Christ, you know, some people like me, it's immediate. Other people, it's, it's like my friend Billy, it took him like two years. Mm-hmm. You know, God told him one day that I finally got some clay, he was seeking God and he was in the church for over a year till he finally went back to what I call original. Mm. But, you know, we need to be ready and willing, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. And, and the, the key thing is this the gospel, the power of the gospel. Yep. Right. You know, Christ died for sin once for all, the just for the mm-hmm. unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. Mm. believing the gospel not just believing but repenting which means turning away Yes, you know instead of walking towards being transgender walk back towards who God created us or whatever it might be yep that's true and you know Ted one of the things
1: I wanted to um, and if there's a final thought there you want to throw in by all means do that but I I don't want to end the podcast until uh, we have a chance uh, until you have a chance to maybe share a little bit about your heart of wanting to be a resource to the church on these yes. very topics, you know, so I, I believe that you'd be more than willing to do some, some video, uh, you know, conversations or some, some Q&A with, uh, with pastoral leadership teams. So our ministry exists primarily to equip the church and to equip pastors and leaders, not so much to work with individuals who are struggling. I mean, we, we point people in the direction of other ministries that do that. And we love, uh we we love to, to help individuals, but what we feel like we can help individual strugglers far more if we're helping the church become a safe and transformational environment mm-hmm. and give them the tools to work. And again, it's not just about LGBTQ, it's about heterosexual, sexual brokenness as well. So, but for you, what how would you like to? Uh, to serve the church or help pastors or Christian leaders, or uh, how how um, what's on your heart uh, for for how you'd like to, uh, the Lord to to kind of you know utilize you in the story that He's brought you uh, through and 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 out of.
0: Yeah, right now that's still kind of de- developing. Okay, but you know, I think we as Christians a lot of times we don't take advantage of our citizenship.
2: Hmm. Good way um, you're saying
0: it. And that's a very important thing. And a lot of people say, well, just whatever the government says, I'll I'll obey. But, you know, I I think about the Apostle Paul. um, He appealed to Caesar. He Mm -hmm. used his rights as a citizen. You know, he wasn't afraid to throw out his citizen of Rome card and say, I want to appeal to Caesar. Mm -hmm. He did. He went all the way to Caesar. Mm-hmm. so why am I saying that I said this is not just church it's like myself and others I've testified in the state of Florida mm-hmm. for help not harm bills. I have been part of legal cases you know to over to get this medical conversion you know medical treatment affirming. Transgenderism, you know, thrown out of states. I went to um, Louisiana, and you know, if we have more time, I could share that. You know, that law was passed, um, and I, you know, protecting children, basically, isn't it? Yeah, without getting yep, yep, right. I mean, it's important to do that to uh, you know use my story, yeah, state legislators, yep, locally. I belong to a group and we're fighting the perversion of public libraries. Mm-hmm. We can't sit back anymore, Gary. It, it's getting too late. If, if we don't get off our, our families and get really busy, with <laughs> yeah. the, while we have opportunity to yes. do these things, it's going to be too late. We'll right. be another Germany, another Russia. Mm-hmm. And we, pastors, if you hear this... You can't stand back in your church and just preach. You got to get out there and assert your citizenship duties, yep. or whatever that may be—a library, a state legislator. I mean, Gary and I went to the school board. Things, you know, I talked mm-hmm. to my my senators and my congressmen. I mean, yep. We've got to be as loud as our enemy and more loud. Um, yep. So,
1: with love and compassion, my, but putting it out there, right?
0: Well, using our citizenship card, yeah. which we have a right as Americans to do. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: that's a big part of my heart. Another part of my heart is this, you know, I spoke at some conferences and I have upcoming um, with my sister to share in a church. And you may have heard about it about two and a half weeks ago. A pastor in um, Smith Station, Alabama took his life hmm. um, because he was a closet cross trust there's a lot more to it than that but yeah to share with people what is really going on yep because so many people they just don't realize how vicious this is yep I mean, right uh, in that and for me to get that out in the church setting another thing I'm, I've met talked with some people, Um, a little bit one on one, but that hasn't happened too much, but I'm, you know, glad to do that. And in Mm -hmm. the future, there's a program coming out by a a church group that I hope I can be part of to be able to do kind of like what you do to help equip churches Mm -hmm. to, you know, help their youth, help adults, you know, how, how do we Mm -hmm. help our youth? How do we as church when these people start coming back in? looking for answers you know what can we do that's what's on my heart um well how can people
1: contact you ted if they if someone listening to this or uh, do, do you have a way for people to to reach out and contact you as a pastor or even as somebody who may be struggling and feels like they can in some fashion relate to your story is there a way that they can connect with you
0: yeah, the, the easiest way is just to email, I'll give it to you and you can post it, it's sure. not very difficult. It's yep, okay. My name, T-E-D, a period, the letter H, another period, and H-A-L-L-E-Y, like Haley's Comet, at iCloud.com. I've gotten several emails already from a podcast I did about a month ago. Great um so i don't have a website like you maybe in the near future but i'm yeah. you know, working with some other people and we're still in the formative stages of figuring Great. out okay you know how we can fit into this this battle okay
1: well we'll be sure uh to uh to put up the just a printed version of your email as well so people can uh, can reach out to you. So, Ted, thank you so much for being here. And this has been incredibly informative. We will definitely break this uh, this long, this very long form uh, interview and discussion into two parts and and put it out there on our website. And also, you can post it on yours, but well, uh, or you. not on yours, but in whatever way you're you're putting out right, um, right. podcasts or things like that. So, again, super happy that you were here. So grateful for the work that God has done <laughs> and is doing in your okay. life and the way that he's using you. So thanks so much, Ted.
0: Thank you, Gary.
1: Yeah. Hey, for those of you who are tuning in and listening to this podcast or watching uh, this podcast, we're so grateful that you're here. We're grateful that you took the time out to to tune in and and listen. Hopefully this has been something that has either helped you as, as a mom or a dad or a loved one for someone who's wrestling or struggling, or if you yourself are wrestling or struggling, we would certainly love to be a resource in in pointing you in a direction of of a church or a ministry that we may know of, even if it's an online contact where you can receive some uh, some pastoral care, some help, some support. Uh, you can certainly uh, any of the the resources that we know of. You can also find on our website yeah. uh, that that we. Uh, direct people to, and then just leave it up to them to decide if that resource is a is a good support for them or not. So, but we are hopeful that these podcasts do uh, give you some help, some support, some guidance, and we do pray that, um, that that God is able through the stories that you hear here and the discussions that we're having that God is able to really reveal Himself more fully to you, to break through the deception, to break through. Uh, the ways that the enemy has miscast God uh, and and made him in some ways look like the enemy. And and so we we really want to really. pull back the curtains and say, no, God really is the one who is loving. God really is the one. He's That's the right. one who leaves the 99 sheep that are doing just fine. And he goes after me and after Ted and after you who are wrestling and, and struggling and wandering. And he wants to bring you back into a place of genuine fellowship and genuine family in his body and to give you meaningful purpose that has eternal value. So again, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in a future podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this Love and Truth Network podcast. To listen to or watch future episodes, please check us out at loveandtruthnetwork.com forward slash podcast. Also, you can subscribe to Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode.